Hello and welcome to Do The Franchise with me, Jake. And me, James. And uh, we are back today with the continuation of our Alien franchise, which we should have finished off uh, probably before Christmas. <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> uh, so we're back. Um, and we've had a bit of a hiatus, which we normally do between seasons. Uh, so this yeah. has been really poor organisation on our part. But hey, we don't get paid, do we, James? So it doesn't matter. No, exactly. I think this is reflective of the gap between the alien films that we've just reviewed <laughs> and we're about to review. It was totally deliberate. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We, th- this just gets you into the you know the feel of how long you waited for the oh. last alien film until now. Uh, that's how excited we all were. It's. Uh, it, uh, do you know what's really odd? When me and James started recording, I literally forgot the name of the film that I was typing into IMDb. So that just tells you how uh, uninspired we were by our viewing of Prometheus. I've watched it twice, which we usually do, don't we, James, for the, for yep. the episodes in terms of once to start, sort of get a vibe for it and then the second is to criticise it. Um, <laughs> I think it's clear to say that we've both got feelings about this film and it's hard to really tell the story because I think if you're here listening to us, you've probably already seen it, right? Yeah. And if I, you... I, I think this is this is definitely a film where... I don't even think a plot synopsis is overly helpful. No. How you feel about the film, because, well, that would imply that there's a plot to synopse. Agreed. Um, <laughs> which I, I'm not entirely sure. There's, uh, there's definitely <laughs> a, 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 someone had an idea <laughs> and some other group of people yeah. funded the idea. Yeah. And then we all paid them back for the effort that they went to by paying to watch the film. So what you're describing there, James, is a transaction between yes. uh, between a film studio, uh, Ridley Scott, who made the original Alien, and um, a bunch of people with cameras, uh, yeah. a bunch of people called actors, and then a bunch of morons like us that went to the cinema. <laughs> so effectively, the movie industry happened, and 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 this is. This is the resulting. <laughs> this is the resulting effect of what what occurred, um, and we're going to talk about it. Can I just for say an I, indeterminate I, amount of time? I know. No, I need to. I'm, we're going to rush through it in terms of. I'm not going to. We're not going to sit and dwell on the plot, which again is limited. But I would say, and and this is like you said before we started. We we it's a very anticipated movie because it was so big at the time. It was mm. sort of 2011 when I first uh, saw the trailer for this film. And God, that's a long time ago, isn't it? Um, and I remember I was working in London and it was the, the noise, it was the alien one trailer. And again, it's hard to describe this unless you, you know what I'm talking about. But if you go on YouTube, watch the alien one trailer, uh, which is Ridley's film and also then watch the Prometheus uh, teaser trailer which is also Ridley's mm. film and in the in the Prometheus trailer it starts out with these ominous tones it shows a spaceship flying to a planet and it says something like um big things have small beginnings who knows what we'll find out there um what we're looking for is the creation and the beginning of mankind itself and then the trailer does kind of what the film does, but in a better way, in that the trailer shows there's something wrong with the planet they've landed on. Things aren't what they seem, James. Mm. People then start behaving strangely. Then you see someone convulsing. Then you see some alien stuff happening in the background. Then you see an alien stand up, which is one of those engineers. And then you literally hear someone screaming, cut it out, cut it out, cut it out. And then you see Naomi Rapace just scream. And when this was in the trailer, in this trailer came out in the cinema, it was fucking unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. The oh, hype, yeah. This- the, the hype behind this trailer and this movie, we were like, oh my God, they're finally making the alien film we've wanted since Aliens, the second one. Yeah, I mean, oh my god, they're finally making an alien film. Yeah, a proper scary and, one. And and we we were excited for an alien film. Yeah, because we like alien films. Hundred I mean, percent. Even the bad ones have got aliens in them. Yep. 
and they will always sell tickets. And this wasn't alien. This was called Prometheus, which is the name mm. of a, a, a Greek god, right? Am I right? It's not a Roman god or a Greek god. And, yeah. Um, he, pre- uh, he stole fire. He was a titan, I believe, and he stole fire from the gods. Yes, and he's and essentially it, he credited. It humans. Yeah, he's credited with giving humanity the start in life that they needed to become who we are now, right? Yeah. And that's heavily drawn upon in this film. And then it's completely forgotten about. <laughs> and yeah, in a lot it, of ways, that's the story of Prometheus in the movie. Everything is then talked about by characters. Two characters stand somewhere, have a conversation about a thing that's like an existential issue. And then in the next scene, it's completely forgotten about. <laughs> yeah. it's. I mean, if you watch the film, do you, <laughs> and obviously we have, do yeah. you get the impression that every single scene... They could have been on a stage, yeah, and and it, it they could have just shifted the scenery around a bit and yeah. then filmed the next scene, hundred percent, done the same thing again over and over again. And I get that you could possibly level the same criticism at say, well, at Alien, yeah, but that gave you, I don't know, you get you get a sense of geography with Alien, yeah. And I th- we've probably brought this up before, where uh, geography is really important to these films because you don't know what the stakes are if you don't know where the place is exactly 100 percent. and you need a basic grasp of the concept of where the plot is going to yeah. a feel like the characters are invested in you, you know you can't invest in a character if you don't understand a their motives or b what their journey is through the movie uh, a great example of this in Prometheus is Charlie, who is the boyfriend of Numi Rapisa's character. Uh, what, okay, was it a Shaw, Elizabeth Shaw? Um, again, the yes. characters the characters are are quite forgettable, especially what I then like to call crew member A, crew member B, uh, crew member C, played by Benedict Wong, and then yeah. crew member D, E, F, and G. Because <laughs> that's the only way I could do this film. Basically, there's the not Ripley. And the rest of the cast. <laughs> yeah. Can I just... And I don't want to ruin your fire there, because what you said is you, you're leading into this better than I am. But I'm just going to play two seconds or so, or, or ten seconds, of this trailer. Now, can you yes. hear this, James? I'm going to skip this. Yeah. Can you hear this? Yeah. This is people running and people screaming. Which is good. It's what you want to do when you're aliens. And it's like, honestly, it's amazing. So whoever made the trailer should have just directed the film. It probably would have been a better film. It had been shorter. Um... And I couldn't help but think to myself, yeah, I remember the hype. There was also one of the first movies of its time where it was releasing um, vignettes, small videos on YouTube, which were not in the film, but they were leading up to the film. And there's a few of them. One of them's a TED Talk. Uh, one of them is a Wayland yutani advert for building your better future. Um, and what, so the TED Talk is with um, Peter Wayland, who is the character played by uh, Guy Pearce in heavy makeup. Mm. Again, something that doesn't make any fucking sense in the film. Um, but there's loads of things where you're like, oh, they prepped us for the movie and gave us all these backstories. And they gave us backstories to the film in YouTube clips so that fans could follow them like Easter eggs. Very clever. Uh, and yeah. kind of unheard of at the time. I think other than like maybe the Animatrix and the Matrix did this with the video games, didn't they? Where you could follow yeah. the story behind the story with the video game. And this was a big thing in the noughties where we were like trying to immerse people in not just the movie as a movie, but it was more about the experience around the movie. It was sort of like <clears throat> what we did before people obsessed about franchises. Yeah, exactly. Creating hype. And, yeah. and I think like you said, James, this film... It couldn't have had any more promise behind it than any film of A, of its genre, and B, just at the time. There wasn't really many films that got this much hype, where I know everyone that I knew went to see this. They were like, this looks like it's going to be good. Oh, and it's Ridley. And you know Ridley, Gladiator, yeah, made Alien. He's the big boy. He directs big films. You're like, yeah, it just had everything going for it. 
and you came out yeah. at the end, and I think you just feel a bit like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was. Yeah, I think it's that, that deflated noise you just made. It, it was sort of heard universally. Yeah. It, yeah, it's just like, oh, that was that was a thing. I, I was excited for that thing. Um, it didn't really live up to what I was excited about. Mm. Uh, but it's it's a and then I think what happened because in preparation for this podcast, I think we've both watched some other people reviewing the film. Yeah. Uh, which again we don't normally do, but no. I think I did it, and this may be the same for you. But I did it out of a, a search for balance. Mm-hmm. I figured, you know, maybe this is just my opinion, and I, I went out and I found a really positive review. I found someone who was breaking down Prometheus, and and the the goal of it uh, was that they were going to try and make the film make sense, and because it made sense, it would be better, and. I agreed with a lot of their points. Uh, the the guy's name is Chris Stuckman. He's got a wicked YouTube channel. He reviews lots of films. He's he's currently in the process of trying to become a filmmaker himself. Oh. Um, and he's always he's always made low budget like hobby films, but now he's got he's got a big budget film that he's trying to work on. And he reviews films, and he's always fair, I believe, and balanced. But I watched this Prometheus breakdown, and he was basically going into the law behind a lot of the things and, and really trying to flesh out stuff. And I kept thinking, if I'd seen the film you're describing, I would have loved that film. Yeah. And I think that's the problem they had with the vignettes as well, releasing. Like, if you'd presented me with a film you prepped me for, I would feel completely differently about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's... I went in search of this balance because I was like, maybe I'm just being too harsh. Maybe I'm just not yeah. giving it its due. And I think there's there's certain elements when I had it explained to me, I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I can see why you like that that much. That makes sense. But at the same time, I didn't need that for Alien or Aliens. Yeah, no, I, I came, agree. I came out of the, of that film watching experience with those two movies at, with a, a complete sense of why I loved the film. Yeah, I agree. And I, I didn't need anything to back it up. I didn't need anyone to to delve into or even potentially create some extra law to make it work. It yeah. just worked. That, it, I, it's, I think you've hit the nail on the head there in that it's, you, it, it's that age-old thing of people going, oh, you just didn't get it. And you go... I don't think there's enough to get. I also think if you're looking into it, into the deeper th- meanings behind the, like you say, behind the subtext or behind the fact that there's like a fan, a cult following, and you're finding out more, you, I, I think what they're doing is they're giving the film more credit than it deserves and they're giving it more context and plot development than it actually had. And yeah. like you said, when when it all when you boil it all down to its component parts, the sum of it is very little. Very little happens in the movie, and the stuff that does happen, um, it doesn't really f- give me any answers. Including, does it really? It doesn't motivate me to want to find out more. At the end, I kind of went, oh. And if it is a situation when people, I've, I know what you mean by reading other reviews, people have said some science fiction films can be genius. They don't have to answer all your questions. 2001 doesn't answer all your questions. It leaves you wondering what happened to him at the end. And you go, mm. yeah, it does. But he got transformed by the giant stick in 2001, didn't he? It's the obelisk yeah. that keeps appearing. And every time it appears, it advances humanity. And in a way, I did draw parallels between that and Prometheus because I was like, oh, yeah, the black goo, which isn't ever explained in Prometheus, is some sort of biological accelerant. Um, that's fine. What happens at the end isn't what... It isn't a question open answer. Do you know what I mean? It's not an open-ended mm. question. What happens at the end, and again, spoiler alert, is literally the xenomorph from Alien 1 is born at the end of the movie. It comes out of an engineer, and it's sort of a proto-version of what we know as the original xenomorph in Alien 1. And it screams at the camera, and then the film goes off. And I said to you, (laughs) and I think I still stand firm on this, the last scene in Prometheus where the alien comes out of the chest of the engineer alien man... 
I think that was tacked on in post, and I don't think that was ever in the movie. And the reason I say that is because when I read about this movie, and I'd done so much research for this episode, and I had done before I went to see the movie, I was a bit of a nerd like you. I followed the Alien franchise. <laughs> I loved Alien vs. Predator. I went to see Prometheus. Before I went to see it, they said Prometheus is a film that asks the ultimate question, why are we here? Where do we come from? What is our purpose? And you go, oh... So it's not really about aliens, it's about humanity. And it's about the yeah. idea that humanity did not start on Earth by accident. We were made by aliens. And I was like, oh, this is a really big concept film, like those big concepts that, you know, um, people have talked about for centuries. Where do we come from? Why are we here? Did our DNA come from chimps? Did it come from God? Did it come from aliens? And it's that whole thing. And... There was very much a point of when Prometheus was being uh, advertised and, and being launched. This is an alien film in the alien universe, but it is not connected to alien. That's what mm. they said. That's what Ridley said. That is what it was, right? Yeah. And everybody went in saying the engineers in Prometheus, the big bad guys in this film, are going to be the people in the chair in Alien 1. And I was like, oh, that's so clever. Because in Alien 1, you see an alien in a chair and his chest yeah. is burst open. We talked about it on this podcast. But you never find out what that ship is, who the alien is, what they are, or why he's got loads of eggs in his ship. And mm. literally, that's it, isn't it? That's the only link, really, between Alien and Prometheus. And you go, it's just about these engineers who are manufacturing a goo. The goo gives birth to life and it's like an accelerant it accelerates genetic engineering it accelerates mutation or whatever um think of it what your view want to be but i was like fine i don't i don't need that to matter but the fact that at the end of the movie when i was going down the stairs in the cinema they showed me a xenomorph climbing out of the alien <laughs> at the end i'm like oh fuck it they just gone fuck it put an alien in it and yeah. that, to me, is lazy. And that shows that they didn't have enough faith in the film as it was, that they had to put the xenomorph in it to make sure it was thumbed in at the end, to make sure people knew this is connected to Alien. And if we want to make any more, we can link it to Alien. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? Like, it, and I know I've really ranted there, and I'm sorry, but... No, it's, it's mad. Because they're, they're, they're perfect points there you've made, because it... It is just, and I don't know if you've seen, because uh, obviously with uh, Spielberg doing his own sort of life story in cinema at the moment, a lot of yeah. people are interviewing him and asking him about his other films. Yeah. And apparently, uh, the the more up-to-date release of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, um, he got extra money from the studio to film some extra scenes. Oh, I didn't but know that. The, the caveat to it all, because the actual theatrical release was just sort of rushed out. Yeah. And he hadn't had a chance to finish it. So he went back to the studio and said, I'd love just to do these extra beats because it makes my story complete. And the studio fat cat said, yeah, sure, have the money, but you have to show us inside the ship. And apparently Steven Spielberg regrets showing us inside the ship because he says it sort of spoils the, the mystery and the intrigue. I don't think I've ever it, seen this version. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And, and Yeah, so the, the, this version apparently only exists because of studio uh, mm. decision-making. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if the studio said, well, Ridley, it's a, it's a space film. You've made a space film with, with aliens in it, and you know, you're quite famously known for a, another space film with aliens in, and you're saying they're linked... Um, but maybe the plebs at the front won't get that it's linked. Yeah, do you definitely, one hundred percent. Do you want to put an alien in it? And he said, yeah, well, it's like, no, we're not going to put the alien. Yeah, we're building to the alien. We're not going to put it, put an alien in it. No, but it's not about the alien. It's it's about mankind and its existentialism. It's about mankind is created by God. God created man. Man created artificial man, and artificial man is now getting his own back. Put an alien in it. <sighs> Why? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, fine, I'll put an alien in it. It's okay. I said, uh, to, so I said to Natalie, this film, if you class it as a horror, and I'm doing my inverted comma uh, bunny ears like you, um, yeah. if you class it as a horror, it does the same thing that a lot of horror movies do, and the reason I hate horror movies in, in general is that they have a really good opening first act of intrigue. They build mm. an intriguing idea that allows the audience 
through a window into an intriguing idea. Oh, what if this was a thing? Let's go and see it. We go and see it. Then there's a little bit of a twist. What we thought we were looking at wasn't quite what it seems. And in the third act, it goes off the rails. And that's pretty much what I feel Prometheus does. It goes completely off the rails after Charlie gets killed. You know, when yeah. um, when um, Newbie's on the ship and Charlie, uh, played by, um, is it Logan Marshall? Uh, I can't remember his name now. He, he's uh, her boyfriend character and he gets gooed. Um, yes. <laughs> Logan Marshall Green. He gets gooed by David, and he ends up uh, sicking up everywhere, going a bit green, and then he gets killed by Charlize Theron's character. And then you yes. find out that um, Numi Rapisa's character has got a uh, alien in her stomach, in her womb. And then there's the best scene in the film, which is uh, uh, Shaw on the table being operated on by the, uh, by the medical pod, which I thought was brilliant. That yeah. scene is terrifying. It's graphic. It's unlike anything I've ever seen in cinema before. Um, yeah. It's truly harrowing. And then when the squid comes out of her womb and starts flailing everywhere, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is horrible. That yeah. alone, as a scene, is amazing. <laughs> Whether you it's... like horror or not, or, or, or scary films... There's something really awful about that whole concept. And the way it's shot and the way it's brought to life is amazing. And then yeah. after that, the film just doesn't really reach that level again for me. It doesn't reach that height of, oh my God, this is terrifying. Get me out, get me out. It did then. And then the last half an hour of the film bored me. I went and made a cup of tea. Yeah, because I think, like you say, it's the first <clears throat> half sets everything up quite well. Spends a lot of time asking deep and, and meaningful questions. Too it, many, first, too many questions. <laughs> the, the first half of the film is basically, if you could imagine, all the characters are stood around in a, on a stage, all stroking their chins, going, hmm, isn't life serious and mysterious? Mm. And then the second half of the film, they all put their stupid caps on and do daft things yeah. that don't line up with anything that their supposed characters would do. Yeah. And and then we're expected to to just accept that in effect ev everything is resolved by driving a ship into another ship and potentially rescuing an android who's been out to get you this whole time. Mm. It felt like you said it felt like we built this idea of okay, mankind are going into the stars to search for answers as to who made them, right? So. Yeah. Shaw and Charlie find the cave paintings. There's loads of cave paintings that show uh, visit uh, alien men, big aliens pointing to the stars. None of that makes sense anyway, but we'll talk about that another time. And and they fly out with Prometheus, the, the ship. Um, Prometheus is a really clever name for the ship because it's the god that gave us fire. It's also the Greek god that started humanity. Apparently, that's why mm -hmm. it's Prometheus is a, is an overarching name of this of this um, uh, expedition. Uh, it's actually in secret Peter Wayland, a multi-billionaire engineer himself who makes robots and made David. He makes space things. He's basically Elon Musk, but 90. And yeah. he wants to go and meet his maker so that he can ask the engineers to give him more life, which is kind of a Blade Runner hangover. Mm. Um, where uh, Roy and Blade Runner is killing people to try and find his maker so he can ask his maker to give him more life. So there's a little bit of that in terms of Ridley rehashing ideas. Then on yeah. the back of that, you've got David, who is a rehash idea from Alien. And David is an android who is naughty, to say the least. But he's curious, isn't he? Because he's kind of yeah. got this thing of, I've been made to serve, but I've also been given the uh, independence to create. But what can I create if I'm made to do nothing but serve? And it's that idea of what it is to be human. All these ideas are thrown in to the first 20 minutes of this film. And yeah. they are great ideas, but none of them are the central plot. And then like you said at the end, the central plot is, I think that the alien engineers that they find point them to the stars for no reason at all. They go to the stars the one that they go to is actually a military installation where the engineers were manufacturing a black goo. And the black goo is a biological weapon that they're going to drop on humans and see what it does to them. Is that right? Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, basically, I think that's that's what 
because again the the conversation that um the uh, they have with an engineer uh, you can't understand what the engineer is saying so it's deliberately sort of hidden from you and i, I, I th- but yeah that's the basic concept isn't it they they suddenly decide they need to stop this this one surviving engineer who's survived what I assume is some sort of civil war that's happened on this planet. Well, I think I think the back the the, the pathogen has got out, hasn't it? Yeah. Because there's a there's an engineer body that's got holes in it where it's things have burst out of it, and one yeah. of the one of the crew members crew member G or whatever says uh, it's got something burst out of its chest, and you're like, oh, hey up, and hey that's up. never yeah. that's we, never we. that's never paid off. But there are loads of dead engineers in the base. And one of them's been yeah. decapitated by the door. And when they analyse his head, he's got the bacteria thing in him, hasn't he? He's got the black stuff in his system and he, it's killing him. Yeah. And so they basically, so they made it, but they got infected by it. And then it started killing them or they started killing each other. And one of them survived. Yeah, one of them's in this sub stasis <laughs> and they, they talk to him. He gets very angry that they're talking at him and it tears David apart. And uh, then basically makes a run for it to go back to Earth to uh, basically do the etch-a-sketch end of the world, as Eddie Izzard would describe it, and start over. Because he realises something... It, it, it's implied that he thinks something's gone wrong. Yeah. It's, it's not... It's Whatever's happening on Earth isn't right, and they need to just start over. Well, the nerds um, that I've read about say that the engineers were manufacturing us to be the hosts, which is basically what happens in Alien and in all the other Alien films, is that whatever happens the 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 biological weapon or the creatures need hosts yeah uh, and the back goo doesn't use engineers as hosts it just kills them so they're trying to make a life form where they can genetically alter them with the black goo which is why when um Fifield the tattoo geologist who is a complete moron falls into the black goo he turns into a zombie doesn't he yeah <laughs> Yeah, so we, we, we have, like, zombie horror. We have This film does so many things, and it doesn't do any of them particularly well. No, but again, it's, <laughs> it's just snip-tip bits of things happening, which is fine if, hmm. at the end, the message is the black goo gets away and it gets out into space. Yeah. And, oh, it's it's gone. Someone, it's, it's landed on a planet. Or at the end of the movie... Do you know what I mean? Like something needs to happen with the with the with the weapon where I'm like, oh, that was the point of the weapon the whole time. The humans went there, but they accidentally let the weapon out, and now the aliens are all over the. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I felt like I don't know what I felt like. I felt like if it was at the end, there's an alien laying eggs. I'm like, oh shit, that's how the alien gets created, and that's how the eggs get created, and that's how it gets out. Like, it's humanity's fault or whatever. Yeah. But there's none of that. There's just the thing with Shaw is the only survivor. She takes David's head for ho- on a holiday and yeah. they go on an engineer's ship and they fly off and they say at the end they're going to fly to the engineer's homeworld for answers. And that's the end. So all the, all the existential shit at the beginning of the movie is not only not really addressed, it's not paid off at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, none of it... Yeah. The, the and they say wait for the sequel basically is what the ending is wait for the sequel then you'll find out more and they said the same thing in the sequel which we're going to talk about next week but yeah i don't that's not enough that doth not a movie make <laughs> no that i think that's the the biggest takeaway i got from a lot of uh like prometheus apologists when you read about you know people mm. who really support the film a lot of them say, oh, it's just the first film, and it's that same old excuse. It's the first film in a franchise of yeah. new story that's going to, you know, it's going to really round itself out in the next film and the film after that. And you think, I just, I just waited for this film yeah. for such a long time. And I was hoping I'd get a film out of it. I, yeah. I, I didn't want a, a prologue to a story. I, it's long enough. How long is this film again? Um, Two hours five, I think. Two hours five. It's two hours five of prologue. Yeah, basically. Yeah, um, and there's this is like there is amazing visuals in this movie. Like the ship looks fantastic. The spe- yeah. scope of the ship, how he's built on what he did with Alien One, and he's kept the vibe very similar with the pods, with the yeah. ship. The beginning of the movie, uh, other than the amazing um, 
sweeping vistas of Iceland and its uh, prehistoric earth being populated mm. by a engineer who, again, not really doesn't really get explained, but an engineer goes to Earth, lands on Earth, is ingesting the black goo. He ingests the black goo, which kills him. He breaks down physically, and his body falls into the Gulf Foss in Iceland. And uh, when we look in the water, the water molecules are binding with his molecules, and they create carbon life, which is essentially us. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that makes sense, kind of. That's how Earth starts. So it isn't actually an alien god that makes us. But then all the bullshit about them pointing to the stars. So presumably they've come back and met us, (laughs) (laughs) which is never explained. Presumably the humans who've seen the engineers, because they've painted them on walls, never explained. The engineers have made a church in their base with a giant head of an engineer with loads of weird symbols written on it. In front of the giant head in the church are all the cylinders of black goo, never explained. Nope. Um, and then in the other part of the ship is a sh- loads of other ships that have got black goo in cylinders loaded up, ready to launch as a weapon. But again, never really explained. And I'm not bothered that a movie doesn't have to justify all of its bits, but when you, like you said, it's two hours five, give me yeah. something. And at yeah, the end... there's got to be some justification. Like, uh, the, the, uh, <laughs> the, the defence again was, oh, you know, the original Alien film left you with lots of questions. I was like, yes, but those questions were surrounding a, a central story yeah. that had a beginning, a middle and end. You know, just the basics of storytelling. Yeah. This this film doesn't do that. This yeah. film does a beginning and a beginning and a beginning and a beginning and a beginning and, a, and, and it then, just keeps going. Yeah, and, and there's no there, there's no middle. There's no middle. It's just no beginning all the way down. You know, as far as you can see, it's telling you at the start of something. This is the start of something cool. This is yeah. going to be the start of the xenomorph. It's the start of this. It's the start of the facehugger. These things that look like worms, but they're also looking a bit like facehuggers. Do you remember that the facehuggers were cool? Yeah, and. And it's and then and then and it's then. It's just no, a mess, isn't it? There's no because. There's no why. No. There's no. Uh, there, there's nothing. I, you know, David. David's character's creepy. You know, he's he's interesting in that sense, but he he's got very little motivation other than I've been made. So, like you say, how how do I create? And mm, uh, I want to create something for myself. As David's yeah. thing, isn't it? And David is named David after the statue of David is Michelangelo's work. Yeah. Um, there are lo- This is this thing where, and my wife always says this about movies, and it always makes me laugh because I don't know. I don't. I, you've got an English degree. My wife's got an English degree. I've got a film degree. That doesn't make us better people. <laughs> and it doesn't no. make us more intelligent than the person next to us. Um, now, fre- frequently, in my case, less intelligent. <laughs> Same in my case. I, I'm, more, I'm less intelligent next to you, I find. Um, so so I, I, I think when a movie tries to pretend it's really clever, it kind of annoys me. Does that, does that make sense? Like, yes. When a movie's like, this is a homage to the Statue of David, and ha-ha, this is a homage to Lawrence of Arabia. Have you not seen Lawrence of Arabia? Ha-ha. And this is about Prometheus. He's a god, and he's the god of this, and he came down from Olympus, and blah, blah, blah. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't care. Give me yeah. a film. Is it an alien film or is it not? And I feel like it was trying to be more clever than it was. And I don't blame Ridley for this. I think I just blame writers. I feel like the writers put pen to paper and came up, like you said, with loads of cool concepts. And instead of them being stripped away down to a central beginning, middle and end, they just threw them all in and see what happens. And they said, basically, don't worry what happens, because if we have to answer anything, we'll either do it online with fan fan theories or we'll just make a sequel. (laughs) It's like, that's just not enough. No, it's not. But I, I totally agree with you. It, it's it, it's this uh, pseudo-academic thing, and they don't realise what they're doing by you know reference, referencing Greek classics. Say they're not they're not doing anything smarter than someone saying, "I called my kid Brooklyn because that's where he was conceived." <laughs> oh, David Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it's exactly yeah. the same thing. It, you, all you're doing is you're you're pointing to something. Yeah. But with a tiny bit of reading, it is really obvious, mm. and it doesn't it, it doesn't make it smart or clever. It's not um, 
shocking and half the time it's not even going to really hit home in the no. in the first watching of that film it's just, oh he's called david why because he's called david yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't impact the the story the <clears throat> fact that you're you know um you've called your creation david who you know ba- from another creation mm. that is that's it's a it's a neat little literally easter link. egg yeah easter egg but it doesn't affect the story in any way. No, no, I agree. Um, I, I think, yeah. Sorry, go on. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't um, affect the story in any way more than say, I, I don't know. If you look at Aliens, I know it's a bad call because it wasn't a Ridley film, but Aliens, there's a there's a, a, a fight and a contradiction between the Queen and Ripley, both mm-hmm. sort of mothering figures at that point. Yeah. And they're both protecting, you know. In in Rip, in Ripley's case, she's protecting Newt, her not her direct offspring, but you know she's begot, she's got that maternal instinct instinct towards her. And obviously, the Queen's protecting her brood of aliens. That's a more direct link to the story than calling David David. Hundred percent, yeah. Uh, and it, it's more impactful for me anyway, uh, because that's got emotion to it. Uh, it's not pseudo highbrow thinking. It's emotive, f- visceral storytelling, and uh, it, it's it's a completely different way of of communicating that uh, that kind of intelligence. Because it is, it's a, a a very in front of you obvious thing in both yeah. cases once you understand it. But I think it has more emotional impact even without that thought process. Yeah, there's the emotion there. And and the the whole David because David doesn't. No, I agree. I, the, I, I there are things I do like about this movie. Again, I like the uh, I like the scene with the baby uh, squid. That was interesting. Yeah. Again, doesn't really go anywhere. But I liked the horror aspect of it. I think the yeah. the cinematography is outstanding when they go into these halls and it's got the Geiger feel to it. Um, yes. There are some really cool science fiction moments, like the um, little tracking dots which Fifield throws up into the air and they go down the tunnels, and they look great. The holograms of the engineers uh, look cool. Um, mm-hmm. David himself, Fassbender, is unbelievably good in this movie. Um, oh, yeah. and I think he gets, for me, he is the most outstanding thing in the film. He also does this amazing uh, impersonation of Peter O'Toole in Lawrence of Arabia, which he references as his favourite film. Yeah. And I think there are several lines, if you're a big fan of that movie like me, he literally quotes the film several times and someone goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, oh, it's from some movie that I like. And you're like, <laughs> he's literally channeling his inner Peter O'Toole. So if I spend the did go and sit and watch Peter O'Toole for hours on end to pick the voice up and everything, I like it. Yeah. You know what? Hats off. I think it adds something cool to a character where you go, he's a robot, but he's also based his whole image, including his blonde highlights, on Peter yeah. O'Toole in Lawrence of Arabia, which is a cool reference. Um, again, it doesn't need to be there because it's not clever in any way. It's just cool. No. Um, I want to play you something. It's only a minute. This was one of the um, bits of material on YouTube that were uh, aired in the run-up to the release of Prometheus. This is a manufactured fake TED Talk set in March 2023, which I found really strange because we're currently in February of 2023. Um, And it's Guy Pearce as a younger Peter Wayland doing a TED Talk about how he's going to change the world. Here's a clip. 20th century. The automobile, television, nuclear weapons, spacecraft, internet. 21st century, biotech, nanotech, fusion and fission and M theory. And that was just the first decade. We are now three months into the year of our Lord, 2023. At this moment in our civilization, we are on the verge of terraforming planets undiscovered just a decade ago. We have identified the genetic chain of events behind 98% of cancers. A chain we have broken, effectively curing them. We can create cybernetic individuals who, in just a few short years, will be completely indistinguishable from us. 
Which leads to an obvious conclusion. We are the gods now. I thought that was really good. Um, the yeah. video is on YouTube. You can watch the whole thing. If I'm honest, this TED Talk, which was completely set up, manufactured with CGI and everything, it's got Guy Pearce looking suave as shit. Uh, that should have been the opening of the film. If yeah. this was the opening of the movie, the movie makes more sense. And like you said earlier, good writing is putting in things that expand the plot that don't need... You know, if you're struggling with the visual way of showing someone something, which again is it's bad filmmaking, but fair play if you're going to do it. If you're going to tell people the plot, do it in a clever way. So having Wayland <coughs> at a TED Talk talking about this mission to Prome uh, with Prometheus, about discovering aliens and about being gods, then cut to the mission actually happening, makes sense. It's clever writing. And then it sets up the idea of why Wayland wants to go on the trip and why he shows up yeah. in the third act. The fact that Wayland shows up in the third act doesn't make any sense in the movie. It just feels completely out of left field. Yeah. There's also deleted scenes in the film, which again, you can watch them all on YouTube, which give you more context into each character. They add more to relationships. You have some extra clips of David. Um, you have a clip of Fifield. Um, when he gets mutated, they've done a different version of him, which is released as a deleted scene. It's an alternative scene. Mm. But instead of him being zombie Fifield with a big head and big teeth, he looks like a xenomorph. He's got xenomorph arms, he's got a tail, and his head is slightly elongated, but he's got his tattoos still, and he's got hair, but his head's sort of changed shape to look more like an ah. alien. And when you watch that clip, again, it's on YouTube, you go, oh shit, the black goo makes aliens. It literally mutates things, so maybe that's how they happened. It's not big or clever, but it's enough no. where you go... Oh, he got the black goo in him, and then he turns into a xenomorph. Or, to some iteration, that might be how they came about. Yeah. It's, it's A, it's clever, and it makes you curious to go, oh, that's maybe what it is then. Um, but they cut it, and they had him a zombie instead. And I'm going, why the fuck is he a zombie? That makes no sense. Do the xenomorph. He turns yeah. half xenomorph. That makes sense. So I guarantee, go and watch it. It, it. it does make sense. But, like you said, it felt like we give it more credit than it deserves. Ultimately, we gave it more credit than it deserves. It's not clever. It has clever words in it, and it has yeah. people stood on stage having existential moments with each other, but that's it. It doesn't really go anywhere, and it isn't really that clever. It looks beautiful, but it's not as good as Alien. And I'd say it's probably not even as good as Alien Resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> no, it probably isn't. I tell you what, Jake, I also feel like I want plaudits for being clever. So what I'm going to do when I edit this podcast, I'm just going to edit it down to all the vowel noises we've made. Yeah, I think we should it's... also go, if we're creating a podcast, who created our podcast? Who created podcasts? Did Apple create podcasts? And just have an existential crisis and then make a clever yeah. bit of music on it. I think that'll be fine. Yeah. Because I, I like you said, probably... this, this movie is just people stood around asking each other questions and nobody gets an answer, including the audience. Exactly. I think there's more character development for the spaceships in this film than there is actual character development for the characters. <laughs> yeah, I agree with um, that. Which makes sense that there's so many deleted scenes, because it seems like all the bits with characters in got deleted. Yeah, in favour of just stupid stuff. Like, yeah. there's so many things that don't make sense in this movie. Again, there's loads of fan theories which I really love, and I do love reading them. I read a really good one. Uh, it's backed up by an interview with Ridley Scott where Ridley states, someone says, are there going to be any androids in your Prometheus prequel? And he says, there might be two. And they all start giggling. And somebody has said the second android in Prometheus is Vickers, which I think yeah. me and you've talked about already uh, before we, we started recording. This concept, there's a whole thing, you can go online and read about it, I ain't got time to talk about it on here, but that Charlize Theron's Vickers was an android created before David. David got created second, and he supplanted her as Wayland's favourite, which is why she's got hardly any emotion. She never bleeds in the movie. When she pushes mm. David into a door, she does it with such force, and she holds him there, which apparently, you know, a human couldn't do because he's super strong and 
there are loads of things where you're like, okay, maybe, I, I don't know. And then someone's like, she's got a med pod. But when Shaw goes in the med pod, it's calibrated to men, not women, which means it was mm. made for Wayland, not for her. And he goes, and I'm like, I just like, it's tenuous at best, but some people on the internet have given it loads of kudos and said, yes, she is an android and blah, blah, blah. And that again goes back to Deckard in Blade Runner and kind of annoys me because again, Blade Runner is a clever movie that asks questions and answers them. Um, you know, what is it to be human? What is it to be a robot? That's what Blade Runner is about. And at the end, it's about life. It's about wanting to live and having the right to live. Yeah. And none of that is, there's nothing like that cleverness in, in Prometheus, unfortunately. It doesn't have no. any of that. And like you, and like I said to you earlier, at the end, it's people running away in bad directions. Everyone gets crushed. Um, <laughs> Idris Elba and his two co-pilots fly the ship into an alien ship, despite the fact that the other two could have probably got off. They choose yeah. to stay. Um, we're given characters who have very little development, like the Scottish doctor. We don't know who her, what her name is. She has about four lines with her thick Scottish accent. Uh, I think she gets killed by an engineer, but I'm not sure. And that's it. You don't really find out anything about her. There are at least 10 crew members in the movie that I don't remember at all. Yeah. Uh, Fifield and Milburn are the two scientists who go into the headroom with the uh, others and they get lost despite the fact that Fifield bought the tracking equipment. Uh, it doesn't, none of it makes any sense. No, it doesn't. It, and it, it, it's a, oh gosh, this is going to sound horrible, but it's a passionless passion project. Yeah. And I think that's its biggest downfall. It, it, it's obvious when you watch it that Ridley wanted to make this film. Yeah. And and it's equally obvious that there was very few people sat around him telling him no. I think <laughs> for, you're right. For, for all of his ideas. Everyone's like, yeah, that's great, because it's Ridley Scott. I mean, you're not going to say no to Ridley Scott. Yeah, but I agree. Maybe, I think Maybe yeah. someone should have. <laughs> Just once <laughs> or twice. Oh, I love it. I, I, yeah, I... And what was funny, and again, we'll talk about this next week is that he said it was a project, uh, it's a prequel, it is connected to the Alien universe despite saying it wasn't, and he says there's going to be sequels, they're going to come, they're coming, they're coming out, don't worry about them, but they are going to give you more context and they're going to answer a lot of the questions. And Ridley kept saying this, and we all got told that it was going to be called something different, it was going to be about a different group of people uh, picking up where Prometheus left off, it was going to explain Shaw and David's journey. And in the end, I think it was around the writer's strike, I can't remember for sure, um, the movie got completely twisted, changed, rechanged, changed again, then changed, then rechanged, then dropped, then retaken on, then dropped again, then retaken by Ridley. And it ended up becoming Alien Covenant, which is our next movie we're going to be reviewing. Yeah. And Alien Covenant is or may not be a sequel to Prometheus, but may... Not be, but also maybe a prequel to Alien One, but might not be because there might be another one. That yeah. is that is it, right? Is that have I explained that right? Yeah, that's spot on. In fact, we uh, probably don't need to do the next episode now. You've covered everything. No. <laughs> and that is like you said before, it's very clear that nobody had any idea where this movie was going. No one had any idea if it was gonna work. No one had any idea if a franchise could work. They just took the names of the ideas of Alien. They took the name Ridley. They put a script to it. They made a fucking awesome trailer. And then they sold it to the world. And like you said, it was just a transaction. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the best way to end this episode. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I, and there, there is, I've got the receipt for this transaction. Go on. We normally do five interesting facts. I can't think of many, but this is one. Yeah, And I thought I'd tell you this. Apparently, according to Ridley Scott, the decision to film in 3D added $10 million to the Jesus. film's budget. I didn't even know it was shot in 3D. I don't think exactly. I saw it in 3D. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I've ever seen it in 3D. So that's $10, that's $10 million <clears throat> that effectively went up in smoke because 3D tellers are no longer a thing. No, no. Yeah, I didn't, it, so, it was a gimmick, wasn't it? Like we knew yeah. it was. 
So you, 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 you're really going to have to try hard to watch this in 3D. And I can't think of anything that 3D would have added to this film. No, I agree. But yeah, so that's that's 10 million of our dollars that went into this when we paid to watch it. Um, into making it 3D. Well done, yeah. Ridley. <laughs> yeah, I, I was saying to you before, and um, it was one of those things where when I came out the cinema watching this with my best friend the first time we went to see it, uh, I think we had a couple of pints before we went to see it. We went into the cinema. We were really stoked, really excited for it because it was such a, like you say, a big anticipated summer blockbuster. And I remember walking down the stairs thinking it was over and then just seeing that engineer's chest explode and the xenomorph climb out. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think I've felt like that many times in movies where I've been like, oh, they couldn't even figure that out. So they just threw that in at the end just to make sure you know it's there. Um and it's not really earned or clever because it does. Yeah, I, sh- I, I don't even want to talk about it. But yeah, the, the only modern equivalent I can think of would be the girl power moment at the end of the um, end game. Yeah, that didn't get well received, did it? <laughs> no, I, and it, it's it's that kind of unearned. Look what we did. We did yeah. this. Look, yeah. look, look at that. And <laughs> when the film spends its last final moments going, look, look what we did. Are we good? Yeah. And you go, no, you're not good. You're not good at all. No. Terrible, in fact. So, yeah, so it, it's it's an unearned ending to a film that didn't do too much to try and earn that ending. Um, yeah. And uh, we've done it now, though. We're, 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 we're over the... We're on the last sort of stretch of this Alien franchise because we're, yeah, we're definitely until Ridley not decides to Alien reboot version. it again. <laughs> oh, God, no. Don't, don't encourage him. Shh, don't tell him. He probably doesn't think people are watching these anymore. It's mad as well, though, isn't it, James? Because you think, well, it's 2023 now, so surely they've wrapped up all those questions in all the sequels they've made. You're like, no, no, they've made one sequel to it, which I think was made five years later, and that doesn't hmm. really connect to this movie at all. And we're going to talk Not... about that next week. Yeah. But, yeah, I, oh, God, I just don't understand it. I, I thought, with the benefit of sort of 10 or, 15, 10 or 12 years since it came out, that I might I might feel different about it, or I might have picked up on something that I hadn't seen before, or I might just be a bit of a Philistine. And I was like, no, 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 all of those things are, I feel the same way. And like you said, it's people getting on the internet defending it and saying, this is the reason this happened. It's like, well, that's not clear. That's just your opinion. Mm. It's open to interpretation. And fine, some literature is great because it's open to interpretation to the point where you can get so much from it. I don't think Prometheus can be given the accolade that it's that clever, that it's there for you to dissect. I don't think it is, unfortunately. That's my opinion. I don't think there's enough there for you to go. It was deliberately clever and ambiguous. I think it was just lazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. We 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 didn't we didn't get the film that we were hyped up for. No. And it's almost not even related to the to the franchise until in the sequel it immediately becomes an alien film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just all of a sudden it's a hard cut to being an alien film. Yeah. Very odd, very strange. But yeah, thanks for that James. I have uh, enjoyed doing this one um we will get some shit merch for next week and i'll make sure the five facts is properly in and after that we'll announce once we've done covenant we'll announce our next uh, group of films which will be more exciting than prometheus for sure (laughs) absolutely (laughs) right thanks james cheers everybody take care people Bye. bye bye